Hi, everybody. We're back. This is the Hero with a Thousand Potions podcast with your hosts, Tyler and Nate. Getting back into our coverage of, what is it now, chapter 14? At the end of the last episode, we did our analysis of the three conversations slash dream you could have with Aerith, Tifa, and Barrett before we're set loose to do more questing and things like that. Let's get back into the action right now. All right, the next morning we all wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Almira has had a think on it and she concedes. She gives us permission to save her surrogate daughter. I knew that one day I'd have to say goodbye to my girl. Please bring her back to me. Barrett says goodbye to Marlene for the second time. And it says, if I stay here, I can't fight out there. And she kind of goes, hmm, what? What are you talking about? She doesn't, she's not buying it. And then he rephrases. He says, some bad people are trying to hurt the planet and daddy's trying to stop them. <laughs> she recognizes that they're going to go save Aerith. And then she has this, it's a callback to that unspoken understanding that her and Aerith had in the bar when Aerith was trying to save her. She goes, mm-hmm. that girl was kind of... And then Barry goes, what? And she goes, nothing. You should help her. That girl, she was kind (gasps) of... What? Nothing. You should help her. Hmm. And... Okay. (laughs) It's almost like Aerith made her swear, like, you want to know a little secret here? And then... Even Marlene's not allowed to spill the beans. There's a plot ghost in her mouth. She can't say (laughs) what she wants to say because it's (laughs) occupying the space between her vocal cords. But when she says nothing, it disappears. It's the entirety of the show lost. There is a plot ghost in everyone's mouth all the time. It's the only way the show works. I don't have time to tell you that I don't have time to tell you. Oh, and the new, the, the, the star Wars sequel trilogy. That's there is, I've said it before, but the, the worst line to me in the entire sequel trilogy is that is a story for another time. Where'd you get that? A good question for another time. JJ, get the, get the fuck out of this movie. Get your (laughs) J, get your JJ dialogue out of here. Stop it with your stories for other times. Like, I'm sick of it. We ask ourselves, how are we supposed to get topside? Well, the trains ain't running no more and we can't go up, like go marching up the central pillar because Shinra forces are going to stop us. Not like we haven't cut down a hundred thousand of them already. And we decide we're going to go talk to Don Corneo about it. Maybe he's got some clever ideas. No jokes about twisting his nuts a second time. Like we're mm. like, they're not going to interrogate him this time. They're going to just, <laughs> they're going to ask him politely this, uh, this mob boss with tricks up his sleeve and, <laughs> and has earned a hundred years in horny jail. We're going to ask him if he's got any bright ideas. What would Barrett's clever nut abuse be? We got cut him off, smash him, rip him off. <laughs> I'll turn into Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah. I'll bite him. <laughs> I'll bite him. <laughs> Nah, I feel like he's a stomper. He's got those huge stomper. boots. Yeah, he's. I'm, I'm thinking about that giant forehead he's got. What if he like head smashes him? Oh wait, he's got the giant boxing glove. I'll use him like a punching bag. Oh, I'll use him like a punching bag. That's a good one. I'll turn him into my personal punching bag. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a long that. sentence. It's not as concise as the others, but 
thematically it works because he just got the big boxing glove weapon in my game at least yeah me too so we leave and as we leave we have to go through the sector five slums to get to wall market which is where Cornelius mansion is of course and as we go we start hearing this little girl yammering about avalanche this is Kyrie, or it turns out we're pronouncing it incorrectly kyrie yeah i guess it's pronounced kyrie it's spelled k-y-r-i-e we've been calling it Kyrie. anyway she goes my fellow grounders listen up she's soapboxing spouting anti-avalanche rhetoric before a crowd she's a young girl in her 20s skinny long straight black hair under a dusty blue beanie tight-fitting cloth vest with two rows of white buttons running down the front red leather gloves bare midriff and jean shorts cut off above the thigh black and dusty blue striped leggings tiny metal chains that run uh, from a front belt loop to around her hip and i didn't get a good look at her shoes She's saying shit like, another attack by amateurs who don't care about collateral damage. And did you know Wu Tai is the one funding their activities? They're pawns of Wu Tai. <laughs> so after bombing reactors one and five, what do the eco-terrorists do? They go for the trifecta and take out Mako reactor seven. Another attack by amateurs who don't care about collateral damage. The sky is falling and Avalanche is to blame. But wait! Did you know Wu Tai is the one funding their activities? For all their claims about fighting for the slums, they're nothing more than pawns of Wu Tai, puppets dancing to the tune of their foreign masters. The crowd is eating it up, but nobody's tipping her like she's asking. Barrett wants to confront the shit out of her, but Tifa stops her and she's like, there's no point in convincing anybody otherwise anymore. Everyone is terrified, so please don't make it worse. And we channel this sympathetic sentiment of the people into a couple hours of questing that we're about to do. She says, I know we're short on time, but let's try to help out however we can. You need to look around. Everyone here is terrified. I know we're short on time, but let's try to help out wherever we can. And so we have the option, but because we're gamers, we feel compelled to do it, to do a handful of quests in Sector 7. And I guess they're in a... Wall Market 2, before we actually investigate uh, the Cornell Mansion. I think There's... you mean Sector 5, not oh, Sector 7. Yes, thank you. I don't even realize I said that. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 quests you can do. And well, let's talk about them. Nate, are there any of these you want to get into right away no but i will say something quick that i do not think is actually part of the game but every time i see her all i can think with the the striped stockings is a raccoon right <laughs> okay but there is an interesting connection in that in that in japanese folklore raccoons are typically seen as very like trickstery along with foxes foxes mm. and raccoons are like trickster animals so kind of fits into her character right turns out she's tricky she's playing everybody also i don't like she gave that whole speech about avalanche sucking i don't think she actually believes any of that she's just trying to like drum up sensationalism for the like she's reading the room right and that's kind of an interesting commentary because we definitely experience that here in america media of like joining a political movement and just you find out these people don't even believe half the shit they say they just know they can make big bucks doing it 
I wonder if that's probably a human nature thing, but I wonder if Japan is experiencing the same thing of like media personalities that just tell people what they want to hear, despite it being the exact opposite of how they live their life, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, and recall also that Kyrie is a character in the novel, the kids are all right. It's her side story in which she is a, the a major character. She's not a first person character. Uh, in which um, she gets entangled with uh, Turk's Trouble. She's got a detective agency that she runs with her grandma, Murray, the angel of the slums. Mm-hmm. And here she is in the game. We get to see her at last. Great. We're going to plow through these quests um, real quick here. Missing children. Miss Folia, who's the matron of the orphanage, and also moonlights as a B-girl, says that the children are missing. And we go find them. We find one over by the graveyard in the Sector 5 junk heap. We fight some ghosts, and apparently the ghosts have captured them and spirited away their, their bodies because they reappear once we've defeated the ghosts. Afterwards, when Cloud says, maybe don't go off in your own, they say that the graves that they were, that they're near, that they were, that they were last seen at, were the graves of their parents. Mm. We score a time materia for our trouble. This casts haste on our heroes. Haste gives you passive AT um, bar growth, mm-hmm. uh, increases faster. The ghosts kidnapping children, we have more validation of that seemingly unrelated section of the game that we previously criticized. So this mm-hmm. apparently happens everywhere, not just the train graveyard. That in a place where there are dead people gathered, your kids might disappear. Now, secondly, when Miss Folia says, hey, the kids are missing, Right. It's not like, oh man, I woke up this morning and the kids were all missing from town. She says, they haven't returned from their patrol. Guys, can you not send <laughs> the children out on the patrols? Do you, I think in Sector 7, like rest in peace Sector 7, they had the neighborhood watch and it was not conscripting children. So just to throwing that out there. Brilliant idea, Nate. Another quest is called Chocobo Search, a stable hand who's like, he works for Chocobo Sam Elliott. He gives us Geshel Greens to calm wayward Chocobos that are spread out across the area. After speaking with them, we unlock Chocobo Carriage Fast Travel for a fee, a couple hundred gold, depending on where you're going. And then uh, we find the Chocobos. There's three of them. You have to find some of them have fights associated with them. One of them, I think in the Collapsed Expressway, you have to fight a Vargodpolis elite. <laughs> By the way, I never knew that Geshel Greens look like a turnip. I guess we're saying, I mean, if Remake is cementing the canon of everything that we're seeing, I just pictured they were like leafy leaves, just leafy leaves. Mm. But this is a vegetable, a Geshel Green, and it looks like a turnip. I'm not sure. I think there are actually unique models for each type of green in OG. Could be wrong on that, but some sort of Final Fantasy gave us unique models for all the Chocobo chow. Oh, God. Um... Also, Some, one of us is going to have to look that up now. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to spend too much time researching this because short of doing a whole episode on like the history of Geshel Greens, it's a little frivolous. But I will tell you that in Final Fantasy 15, you can see a fat chocobo chick dining on premium Geshel Greens, which looks like a cluster of green cabbage heads. And those cabbage heads do not show any root veggie, like a turnip or a carrot. So I guess it's no surprise that Geshel Greens look different depending on what Final Fantasy verse you are looking at at any given time. I'll also say uh, that 
you have all these fast travel points and they give you a short little animation of that big ass uh chocobo carriage showing up mm-hmm. and, and i'll tell you right now that chocobo carriage is not fitting through 90 percent of the places you have to traverse here do you think barrett's broad ass shoulders fit through the little door in the back of the carriage no but also no, it can no. take me halfway through the collapse expressway the place that i needed mechanical arms to traverse mm, mm-hmm. so i i don't know how that one works video games video games when we complete the quest our reward is no fee for the fast travel tell me about malicious goons nate we hear a rumor that there are it's those same guys we met in sector seven who are snooping around looking for the man with the gun arm right and so this actually kind of does lead up to the ending vibes of this chapter uh, on where this chapter is going for one of us <laughs> it is a side quest yeah so there's goons it's it's the dude with the like the little ponytail the, sh- the shaved sides and the leather mm-hmm. vest over shirtless chest you know same guy uh they're in that space where we fought rude outside Aerith's house. They're snooping around looking for the man with the gun arm. And we kind of get spooked by it because even if they don't find Barrett, they will find Marlene and Elmira and who knows what they're going to do to them to shake down. If anyone in town blabs that they, Oh, they saw him by the Elmira's house, whatever. Right. So we got to go take care of it. The dudes don't fight us. They drop a tonberry on us. Right. And this was my first piece of disdain for this chapter. Previously in our, either it's an episode ago or depending on how you choose to edit this, I'm going to guess it's an episode ago, but I talked about the satisfying combat of the um, failed experiment fight, right? It's just a, it's a good balanced, you know, vertical slice of all the things you can do in final fantasy sevens combat. Now, Tonberry, for example, is, um, he has this instant death mechanic. Now in OG Final Fantasy, he was this mob that you only met at the northern cave at the very end of the game. And the thing was like, whereas other mobs were sitting in place and you're fighting, you know, lined up against each other, the Tonberry mob would actually move forward in space on the uh, map. And you had to kill him before he physically arrived to one of your characters. Otherwise, he'd instantly he'd use chef's knife and you'd instantly die. So that was uh, that was classic OG Tonberry, right? Well, this one, he has this mechanic where if you melee him, you will get chef's knifed. And then he also has a mechanic where if you ranged attack him or cast spells at him, he will put you to sleep. And it's like a spirit Hmm. sleep too. So it does some kind of damage as well. So I'm at a loss of, okay, what I I can't melee him. I can't cast spells at him. I can't do anything. So after losing the fight the first time and maybe even the second time, or like I, I was experimenting and I realized the way to beat him is to just not play the video game. If I just go stand in the corner as cloud, Barrett will shoot him. Tifa will attack him. He will use chef's knife and Tifa will perfect parry it every single time. And then Barrett will shoot him and he will not put Barrett to sleep because he's not taking an action. He's just passively dealing damage. So I just stand in the corner and wait for the two of them to kill him because it's literally the Mm. only thing I can do that won't have him instantly punishing me. That was the Tonberry fight for me. I don't, I didn't, 
see, there's this thing where I hate playing games via Google and I do experiment. I play around, I try my hand and I go as far as I can. But if the game doesn't have like a visceral or tactile way for me to learn what the fuck to do or what's happening and I just feel like an idiot, then uh, I kind of just... I'm okay using like what you would consider to be an exploit like that of me just letting my NPCs kill them. If it got you through it, I think that's okay. Sounds like you suffered quite a bit. I I got them on my first try. I definitely used a lot of revive spells. It's frustrating. And a sure. couple of Phoenix Downs to get through it. I don't remember ever realizing that I had to change my behavior in any particular way. I guess I just kind of smashed them up to the best of my ability, which makes me wonder... Okay, so so saying smashed them up to the best of my ability is like the Nate course of action. So I'm wondering what it was that I did that's different from what you conventionally do that got them burnt down so fast. Now you said that she that she can perfect dodge or Tifa can. So I'm wondering wondering if maybe I mm-hmm. was like deflecting properly the chef's knife, and and that was working out for me. Uh, one thing I do recall doing is that when I did um, stagger him, I learned how to increase the percentage of stagger damage you can do through tifa's what's it called overpower or like super strength the, the first ability in her ability list mm-hmm. once you do that you can do that multiple times even and then you use your your y skill your 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 off auto attack ability that'll increase the percentage and so when i toppled so when i staggered him mm-hmm. i did that and increased it to like 185 percent, and then i had cloud cross slash him and that and then it was over like I said, there might be some mechanic in there or like I tried attacking him to prompt. I think it's like on my second try or third try. I tried attacking him to prompt the knife and then quick like hitting blocks mm. so that I would do my counter attack or whatever. And he would just he'd still just one shot cloud like clouds dead clouds dead. And then I, I like tried with Tifa like waiting for her bar to fill and then I'd go and use star shower because she gets iframes from like warping all over the place. And she, he waits till she finishes it, and then she's gone. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" So, anyway, uh, yeah. So it was either try three or so that I was just like, "Uh," I, I was like trying to think about it, and I was realizing I was like, "Oh, they're they're doing damage to him while I'm thinking. What if I just <laughs> thought for ten more minutes, and then what do you know? <laughs> I won the fight." Yeah, what do you know? Anyways, uh, next quest: the power of music. Cat girl from earlier thinks that bummed out wall market people need fresh jams and it's up to us to find three CDs throughout the zone and play them on the jukebox next to her. Eventually the folks are no longer bummed out. One of them is an old man who who's, he's all he's super grumpy and then you play the right song and he's like no that's not how you dance to this you dance to it like this and he breaks out into dance it is the honeybee the honeybee um dance medley that cloud danced to so was it yeah I don't remember that. Wow. It's called Stand Up is the name of the track. Um, and like it's the one where the lady vocally is like going through all the it's like the YMCA anthem sure, but sure, okay, okay. with a woman's voice and about the honeybee in. But this dude is saying like he used to get down to this back in the day. He's an old man. So Andrea doesn't strike me as a particularly old guy. So maybe Andrea inherited this and the honeybee in has been jamming this forever. But also we know that this place is only 30 years old, maximum. So there's a bit of a little bit of a conflict here. So uh, this guy looking like he's in like, like he's 78 
he was in the Honey Bee Inn 30 years ago when he was 48, getting down with the girls to this song, apparently. And bear in mind, Midgar's only 40 years old. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what I was getting at. It's like, there isn't the 150-year lore that I would like to be there. Yeah. This place is not that old. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. For the trouble, we score Sharpshooters Companion Volume 3, which gives plus 10 weapon skill points to all of Barrett's weapons. Nice. Wavering Heart, Nate. Wavering Heart? We stop at the gym. Cloud did the squats. Um, Andrea Rodea is there. Apparently, we talked about how the gym leader, what was their name? I can't remember. That's it, the sibling of Andrea, right? Julie, Julian, Jules, 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 and Andrea are siblings, according to your Ultimania, right? Right. Okay. So Andrea Rodea is there doing pull-ups, and he sees Tifa, and he comments on how he thinks she looks exquisite. And I'm gonna go a little bit here and say there's some like. Tifa gym rat coding that I've noticed building over the course of the game. Because remember when we first went into Walmart and we were talking to Sam Elliott and one of the, uh, one of the things we could say was she looks like she's in great shape right now. When you couple that with like the way cloud talks to her when you're in fights, like keep those gloves up. And he, she says, sure thing coach. And Mm. she's always saying like, Oh, I worked up a really good sweat with that one. And oh, I could use a shower right now. This is all stuff. It's like gym talk, right? And I, I never, she's the bar, <laughs> the, the bartender. I never, it didn't strike me. But now in this moment, I'm realizing Tifa's a gym rat. That's her, like, this is her kind of B narrative or something. I don't know. Sure, um, I'm into it. And I, I have to kind of pull out for a second here. Um, you know, there's a lot of commentary online about F- Tifa's physical appearance, and I don't really entertain the the standard talk about Tifa's physical appearance here. But I, um, you know, if you're going to characterize it, her in this way, I have to say her arms and her legs are a bit too thin and spindly for me to characterize her as a gym rat because you can go on um there's there's a there's a popular youtuber her name is lean beef patty but there's several others out there when you see girls that are like workout gym rats they're not afraid to beef up those arms and tifa has about as thin as you can possibly get for the arms there and she also doesn't have like the uh, you know, the squat thighs or the kicking thighs. She doesn't like, I'd say a much better example is Chun-Li from Street Fighter. She's got the kicking thighs, right? If Chun-Li delivers a somersault kick or a dolphin blow to like uh, up against Tifa, she's getting a much stronger rating on hers than Tifa is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's interesting to me that they would, I think they they gave her the attire of a gym rat. She's now got the sports bra and the straps and like the extra little padding and like I think the leggings too and everything. So they've kind of amped up amped up her like clothing choices as a gym rat, but they haven't really beefed her up in any way. It, it to really it, it didn't sell me on it until I realized like the amount of characters talking about it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So everyone at this gym is just like in awe of Tifa's physique 
physically mm. like like she could she could crank out some fucking pull-ups you know and it's like i don't i don't see that personally it, it, there's there's girls you can find online that you would say oh wow that girl could rock some pull-ups for sure anyway so that tangent over we get another button pressing mini game akin to uh, Cloud's squat game. Tifa gets a pull-up mini game, which is a little bit more involved in the, in that we're no longer circling around the button pad, but we're weaving in between the buttons. And also, there's uh, I know Cloud had the like he gets stuck in his squat a little bit. It feels like they happen more frequently in Tifa's mini game as well. So I hopped into it. I challenged all the dudes. I beat Andrea. Then I beat all the gym bros and I beat Jules. Now Jules is tough. Basically, if you screw up at any point, you're not beating Jules. You have to, uh, and, and it's not just a matter of like you screw up. There's this pacing thing where the more you nail uh, the the pull up correctly. Now this is antithetical to real life, but if you do pull ups correctly, you will start doing the pull-ups faster and uh, easier. Whereas in real life, the more pull-ups you do, the harder it's going to get to do them. But um, so it goes at a, you start with a pace of like one, two, three, four for button presses to complete a pull-up. And by the end, I'm going one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four to do them. And if you fall at any point, you lose that speed. So it's not the fall that screws you over. It's the fact that you lose your ability to smash them out in rapid succession. So Mm -hmm. you really can't screw up at all. If you want to beat Jules, uh, there was a time I did screw up and I'm like, I'm just going to restart. I'm not even going to bother finishing this out. So how many tries did it take you? Three or four. I want to say one of them might've been like a, you know, a a bad button press and I just restarted like five seconds into it or something. Mm -hmm. But you can't rely on watching her and then the button prompt goes away off the screen. You have to like almost just close your eyes, except you can't do that because there's the smash the button thing. You have to like zone out and just blur and like not pay attention to her at all because watching her will screw you up like, okay, she's moved into the next position and sometimes it looks like she has and I'll press the button for the next one and then she just falls and it's like, okay, that's bullshit. So anyway, I I learned to just trust my heart and not look at what she's doing for the the phase. It took me two tries and on the second try, I just barely edged him out. I got him by one Mm -hmm. and I thought, good enough. Mm -hmm. That passes the quest. (laughs) Yeah, I, I forgot what loot you get. I was in it for the love of the game. For the love of Tifa, and uh, it was good. I liked it. You get the Way of the Fist Volume Three, right? Yes, it was a. It's akin to the thing you got for Barrett, the expansion weapon expansion thing. Yeah, exactly. You can challenge other gym bros for more rewards, which is a magic up materia and a champion's belt. But I do not feel like punishing myself with this silly ass mini game to get them. Yeah, that's what I meant when I I did all of them. So I. Yeah, that's all. that's the one. Oh my! That's God, the one with jewels where you have to be cranking a hundred percent flawlessly to beat him. He he does like no. I think he gets to about fifty, and you have to do like fifty-one to beat him. Oh my God! I already have two champions belts. I don't need a third one. Yeah, yeah. You're again. You're nonstop like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four to get it done. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah moving on 
Secret Medicine is another quest. It is the name of a quest. There's a doctor hanging out near the orphanage, and he's got a fetch quest for us. Can we pick up these three items for him? Thankfully, you can get them while you're completing other quests. Moogle Mortar, you pick up from the orphan dressed up like a Moogle. You uh, pay a Moogle coin to get it. Medicinal Flowers are in Aerith's Church Garden, which we'll talk about momentarily. And the Behemoth Horn you get from fighting a Behemoth, which is also in another quest we'll talk about momentarily. Well, actually, hey, let's hey, get right hold, into hold it. Hold up here. I gotta say one thing quick. He said Aerith used to get these materials for him. Is she out there fucking slaying Behemoths by herself, right? I, mean, I, I think he was just talking about the, the flowers. flowers. So somebody else is killing or Behemoth, I guess is the way I, would, I pronounce it. He, I guess yeah. that's a good question. Who's his Behemoth horn guy? Also, quick thing about OG. Don't they say that the church and Aerith's house are the only place that flowers grow in Midgar in original? I think so. That is definitely not true in Remake. There are flowers everywhere in Remake. So just something to think about. Weimer says there's a subterranean menace. That's the name of the quest. Mm -hmm. In the secret lab we were just at. Can we kill as many of these monsters as we can? Well... Yeah, we can kill as many as there are, but the quest isn't complete unless we find out what's doing all that roaring behind that boarded up utility door. It's a behemoth. It's a behemoth. Yeah. It's a type O behemoth. What's a type O behemoth? I don't fucking know. It's from Final Fantasy type O. I guess so. Someone join the dots for us. Don't make me look it up. He's got like glowing magic horns the way uh, Abzu does. We talked about that in the past. Mm -hmm. For me, behemoth is like the we don't know what else to do monster in final fantasy whenever they're like <laughs> they need an oh shit guy like a, oh no they toss the <laughs> the big blue boy in there except in crisis core where he's a tutorial enemy sure but i mean you're a you start the game as a superhero in that game so that's a yeah I makes guess so. sense but they they also have this thing of recoloring behemoth to make him more even more oh no so this is this is that. I was disappointed he wasn't purple. Behemoth should be purple. Yeah. But he's not. It's a multi-target fight when you fight him. He with meaning that it's not just fight the Behemoth. He's got the front body, the rear body, and he's got the horns that you can attack as well. I defeat him on my first try, which wasn't the case in my first playthrough. I remember going back at him over and over again, like four or five times. But this time first try. And I equipped Cloud and I think also Barrett with uh, equipment, or I should say, with a weapon that's got this quality to it in the weapon build area with the little galaxies, you know, solar systems, mm -hmm. and in which there's you can add crippling damage to the weapon. Like the the nail bats got it, and uh, I forget which which weapon Barrett has that has it. And what it does is it does extra damage to multi-target enemies where it's all the same target, like the Behemoth. And so I was dealing 10% more damage to the horns or the front or the back, but not the Behemoth target itself. And I cripple the back, then I cripple the front, and then I go ham on the main target. I totally ignore the horns, but when I looked up this fight on the internet after the fact, just for research for this podcast, it says that the main body is invulnerable if the horns are still up, but that wasn't really what I experienced hmm. in the fight. So I don't know how that works. I think I saw that. I was just, the horns are glowing. So, you know, video games, man, you, you kill the glow. I killed the ass. Oh, I mean, that's one way to approach things too. 
<laughs> Clap them cheeks. Ouch. Nate, how did this fight go for you? This one was fine. I blew up the horn with the... Is it remember. ice? Does he hate ice? I forget. I forget what he hates. Whatever magic he was weak to, I just blasted his horn with and then probably was playing as Barrett a lot because like uh, an enemy like that, like you said with multi-target, I feel like I just end up tickling around the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to hit this and I'm hitting that or whatever. Whereas Barrett can just go back, lock on, shoot. And I have the, uh, what is it? Something Fury. Maximum. Yeah, Maximum Fury. He shoots real fast. <laughs> and so, and when you pop that, he doesn't miss. Isn't is It isn't like a projectile that can like a pillar gets in the way or whatever you just you do the thing and so i think that was i just shredded him with barrett probably good deal for our trouble we score the wrecking ball weapon for barrett which is a melee weapon it's got a big steel ball at the end of it that he pulverizes people with and the bamoth horn for that secret medicine quest i don't have the 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 reward for the secret medicine telluric scriptures volume three so I'm going to talk about the last three quests all together because they're kind of layered on top of one another. Getting partway through one of the quests helps you do another quest and partway through the other. And so I'm mm-hmm. just going to explain it narratively. So right. this is Corneo's Secret Stash, Johnny's Stolen Wallet, and Tomboy Bandit. It begins with Damon, the reporter from the Daily Buzz. He's reporting that a certain subdivision of Shinra that shall remain nameless probably the Turks, wants to seize the assets uh, in Don Corneo's secret stashes, but the key to access them has gone missing. Perhaps it was the Angel of the Slums, who we all know is uh, Murray. We can head to her hideout to pick up clues about the locations of the stashes, but the search yields no news of the key. On our way, while we're headed over there, we discover Johnny has been pickpocketed by someone matching Kyrie's description. We chase her to the church where we pick up the flowers for the doctor and Kyrie says that she's in hot water with Corneo's gang and told them she'd fight someone in the Corneo Coliseum, but there's no way she'd make it out of there alive. So we fight her battles for her as a means to get her to relinquish Johnny's wallet. When we get there, it's a rematch against the Beastmaster from Cloud and Aerith's first gauntlet of Coliseum fights. Afterwards, we return to the church and she says they won't bother her again. Marae's here now, and she says that uh, she is the grandmother of Kyrie, which you know if you've read the book that I did. And we get Corneo's stash key because, well, she's got it. And then we also get Johnny's stolen wallet. I think it's funny that you don't actually have to return Johnny's stolen wallet. I mean, you wouldn't complete the quest, but it is optional. (laughs) If you want to be like, fuck this dude, which I'm sure plenty of you are. You don't have to. Well, I mentioned it. I don't know that I ran back into Johnny again. You wouldn't take the boys like three gill in OG, but you'll take. <laughs> Not intentionally, you know, I'm following the the big yeah, green right. dots on the map. I don't know. I don't know that Johnny gets a dot. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I did. You mentioned the Coliseum. There's a bunch of Coliseum fights of various types and mixing and matching whether you play as cloud barrett tifa Mm -hmm. 2v Mm -hmm. whatever 3v whatever all i'll say is great source of experience and ap if you uh are feeling a little weak or in need of they're not the most challenging fights in the world but they they will level you up i think tifa leveled up like twice doing her sets so uh get in there do them they're fun yeah they're fun 
they're fun. And when they're character specific, like what it's like, you have to take Cloud, you have to take Aerith, you have to take Baradin. It's the same series of fights. It's a gauntlet of five fights that get increasingly more difficult. So it's nice to be able to anticipate what you're going to see and build into it or build effectively towards it. Mm-hmm. Which is not an opportunity you get a lot in this game. I think Tifa might be my favorite character to actually control. That's how I felt my first playthrough. But I feel like I'm going to be a cloud expert this time. Well, put air quotes around expert, really. But I honestly think it might be Tifa Barrett Cloud for me. Cloud in third place. Mm. I got to tell you, those uh, wrecking ball combos are pretty spicy. <laughs> for me, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for mentioning the Coliseum fight, because I was about to blow right past it. Getting back to Johnny's wallet, if you do hand it back to him, uh, there's no proper reward, but if you've completed all the other Johnny-based quests in the game, including the one Nate got back at Chapter 8 or 9, but I didn't get in Wall Market, where you did the the, the fetch questing that was, gives you a, a taste of what OG was sort of like, mm-hmm. you will earn the Johnny Experience Trophy. <laughs> You know what? I think I did give him his wallet back because I have that trophy. So that's like an in-game item, right? It's not like a Steam achievement let, or a, let me look, yeah. nothing? Actually, I'm not seeing it on my Steam list. My most recent one is the purest of pull-ups. That being Tifa. Complete all hard difficulty whack-a-box challenges. Oh, there's one of those too. <laughs> there's another level of the whack-a-box did you do that there is yeah the the kids when you oh. go visit them they've got they've got a whack-a-box hard mode now missed it which i crushed first try anyway i yeah maybe not i maybe i didn't do the johnny thing anyway so we've completed two of the three quests there's just the corneo's secret stash that remains you can open two of the stashes right away but the third is in the sewers, which we're headed to uh, momentarily. There's a diamond tear in one, ruby tear in the other, and just as a means to get the this quest out of our mouths and closer to wrapping up this chapter, I'm going to tell you that the third is in the sewers. It has extra steps, including draining water out of it first um, after a boss, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. and then doing battle with an, an elite Sahagin called Sahagin Prince, and he's joined by two other Sahagins. The fight is painful because they spend they uh turn your characters into toads and they do big burst damage with their jumps when you win the fight you uh you get an emerald tiara tifa recommends giving them to marley and she decides that we're going to use the funds for selling these tiaras uh to help rebuild uh, the sectors you also earn art of swordplay volume three right so everybody got a new book Mm -hmm. All right, so to round things out uh, and to get into the sewers portion that we do, those side quests. Questing done, questing done. Thank God. It's interweaved and it's interconnected, but there is like a narrative moment to be had here. Uh, By going to the Corneo mansion, we're kind of sneaking around, we're looking around. uh, There's still the pit in his big, sexy bedroom, and we're uh, approached by... Leslie, you remember the doorman, silver hair, baseball cap. Very smooth, very cool. He's got a gun. There's this like, uh, you know, obviously he's a Corneo guy, but like there's always been this agreement that he hates his job and he doesn't want to be there. And so Cloud already knows kind of just not to be antagonistic towards him, whereas Barrett still is a little bit. They Tifa asks, you know, hey, we're trying to get topside. We figured Donnie might have a, a means to do that. I don't know why. She would think that Corneo is going to be like amicable to her unless they were planning to go in there and again 
kicking the shit out of him for that information. Who knows? But Leslie says he'll help out if in return we help him out, which is again, getting to that secret stash where seemingly Corneo is hiding out amidst his stash and uh, Leslie's wants to find him. So, we're going to help him out. We got the key from the other quest, blah, 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 yada, yada. We go back into the sewers. We're traversing the sewers. Um, Leslie's got some new pathways to take us on. Other pathways are flooded or did there's debris in them, probably from Sector 7, depressing hmm. infrastructure down into the ground itself. This is a bigger conversation. It's interesting when you think about how Sector 6 fell and now they dropped Sector 7. Like, 25% of your city is gone <laughs> at this point and everything below is this heaping pile of shit like uh, Midgar's real estate value has to be dr- plummeting drastically and I think that's like narratively addressed here in a moment but with that said we traverse the sewers and we get to the place where Corneo is hiding out and Leslie approaches him to like a- as a friend you know, we're we're not intervening here. We're behind a door. We're hiding out. Leslie approaches him with a gun. Corneo, <laughs> he's a he's a smooth dude. Like he he's a weird loser, but he's also smooth in that he manages to disarm Leslie and like not get shot, right? And uh he does his little spiel about, you know, what what would a guy do if he's in this mm-hmm. position? You know, we covered that. It's it's a retread of his like signature catchphrase. I'll let you in on a secret. Chinra is going to abandon Midgar and build something close to paradise. I was invited to be a part of it. Dawn of a new and improved wall market. Pop quiz time, kiddo. Villains like us only divulge our evil plans in a certain situation. But what is that situation? Hmm? When you think you've already won. Just as he's about to kill Leslie for his disobedience, we bust in. Now there's a couple key things of dialogue here that the Don drops before the fight begins. Is one, he was going to give Leslie a place in his criminal empire for sticking through with this whole thing. And then two, Apparently, Shinra plans to abandon Midgar because they got a new hot spot they're going to build their city. And that seems like a lot to me. That seems like a pretty big deal. Like, if you're like, hey, New York, what a piece of shit. We're done. We're just, we're done with New York. (laughs) Let's go somewhere else. And we're not talking about the people. We're talking about like the corporation that owns the planet (laughs) in this fictional world. So uh, that's a, that's a bit of a stretch for me. And Corneo saying that when they get to this new paradise, that he's going to get to make a new wall market at this new paradise. And I kind of think like, I thought the whole conceit of wall market was it's a giant pile of shit. And maybe you don't want your new and improved Midgar to have a CD pile of shit next to it. Like maybe I got another question. Maybe, maybe you could aim higher for your life than being CD mob boss somewhere else. Exactly. If you're Shinra, instead of saying you can make a new wall market in the new place, say when we leave, you can just have Midgar, Don. 
that I think that would be a more plausible scenario, right? You can make all of Midgar your wall market once we're done with this piece of shit. That would ring a little bit more believable to me. So I I think uh I think the Don kind of got strung along here, but he says that he's a dead man anyway because apparently we questioned this in earlier chapters, right? Of like what even was the Tifa's mission in going to Wall Market? Apparently, mm-hmm. what we accomplished was we got the drop on the plate drop op in that the majority of the sector was evacuated, according to what the Don says. And that to Shinra, that's a big L. They they needed <laughs> everyone to fucking die. Like, it wasn't just that we're going to create this whole, like, avalanche bombing, destroying the, the city narrative. They also wanted everybody to die in the slum. So that's a that's interesting. But we can kind of put it to bed that Tifa actually did accomplish something with her Corneo quest now. Mm-hmm. She saved several mm-hmm. several thousands of lives. It kind of brings into the question then, you know, maybe the, the cartoon cat slapping the ground, he wasn't aware of our efforts. He didn't know that we got the majority of people out. Could be. Could or be. maybe he's crying over the impending amount of paperwork on his desk for <laughs> urban development. Cat's got paperwork. Yeah. Anyway, Leslie's got a subplot to him throughout the sewers leg that uh, it's, that's worth mentioning. Now, mm. you mentioned earlier that uh, he's got the key to the hidey hole. No, he's looking for the hidey hole. We already have the key to the stashes. He's not hiding in a stash. He's hiding in the, the hidey hole, although there is more valuables in the hidey hole. And it turns out that uh, the key isn't a key at all. He's kind of fibbing. It's a locket from his old girlfriend, this old girlfriend, which once upon a time, became a Corneo bride and disappeared. On that day, Corneo picked her as a bride, and on the next, she vanished without a trace. And after we've confronted Corneo, he's gonna, I, I mean, I guess it's going to come after this boss. We're going to fight Abzu again, but I'm getting a bit of ahead of myself here. I'll just say we fight Abzu, we'll talk about it momentarily. But afterwards, uh, it turns out that Leslie's it doesn't feel like he's got anything to fight for anymore, but Tifa reminds him that, hey, maybe you could go go uh go find her again she handed him this locket before she surrendered herself to corneo and he goes man maybe it was a maybe it was a message or a clue and now that he now he's got something to look forward to in his life now after he's permanently parted ways with the corneo gang she could still be out there what was she trying to tell me we'll meet again it's a symbol of reunion then i guess i've got no choice but to find her first so you might be wondering why Tifa's bringing up Reunion again. Well, something that we didn't mention in the analysis is that this locket of Leslie's is that of a yellow flower. And as we know, both Tifa and Aerith have told us throughout the game that yellow flowers symbol Reunion. Well, here it is again. I think that's the last we hear of Leslie. He follows us out of the sewers once we're kind of done with this whole thing and then essentially just kind of gives a piece out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we fight Abzu again. Uh, how how do you feel about this one? I kicked the shit out of him. It was really not that hard. Uh, so we're swarmed by these Abzu shots, these little baby Abzus that are obnoxious and they do a, a, a twirling thing that knocks you on your ass and it's annoying. But I've got Barrett with his wrecking ball and his combos. Like, And I've also got um, him um, spec'd for attack damage in the in the mm-hmm. weapon spec menu 
And so between the attack damage and the pop-up, the knock-up he does, the AOE knock-up that he does after he finishes his combo, I was destroying the Shotes, the, right. the babies, two or two at a time. I wanted to say three, but I don't think it was actually ever three at a time. And with them out of the way, I was able to focus on Abzu himself, and he didn't give me all that much trouble. I know he's supposed to, like, partway through, like, phase two or something, he hops on a sewer and, like, commands mm-hmm. all the sewer water to go racing through the room. And I remember my first playthrough of the game that in, in Abzu 2, in this, in this follow-up fight, getting slaughtered by the AoE sewage ability that he uses. But I don't remember him casting it once outside of the preview the little movie that kind of demonstrates the skill before he actually uses it in battle right and so i can't explain why that was the case but i i coasted through i don't i'm not gonna say i coasted through it but it was not the challenge that i remember mm-hmm. the first time i played through it the fight itself wasn't that difficult the hardest thing about the fight was i'm sitting there beating on abzu right and i i've got target locked right and then I want to use, let's say, like a thrust or a big attack. Suddenly, my character looks across the room, is locked onto a shot behind like five desks, and completely whiffs their attack. And I'm like, oh, wait, why? Why did you? Why did you choose that one? And I've got lock on selected, so I'm not moving the camera. I'm not doing anything. And then, so then I'm, I'm like, okay, well, to stop this annoyance from happening, I'm gonna go kill all the little shots. Well, Abzu jumps up into the pipe, and now my character is locked onto him in the pipe, and I'm like, you can't even hit him from there. Please, dislodge your face from this stupid ass. And so I was having mm-hmm. more like interface issues, and before he does his waves and there's debris all over the room, it's doing this thing where like the camera keeps like lunging back and forth, because every time you your outer camera hits a piece of geometry, it instantly zooms in on your character. And so I'm just like, I'm getting whiplash from all of the targeting issues and camera issues and everything. And then finally, when he cleans out the room with his waves, I'm like, oh, God, I can play the fight. And now it's fun again. So uh, then I was like, all right, this is good. Finally. Um, Yeah, not a big deal. Not a big deal. He goes down. We have the follow up conversation with Leslie that I described a minute ago. Mm hmm. Can I and, can I say something about the sewers quick before we leave? Yeah, uh, I hate this. I hate every mob in this fucking place. Uh, <laughs> this this I I don't know how to say it because you know probably some better smarter gamer out there than me doesn't have an issue or can tell me why this is actually good. But like, okay, you get there's crabs in the sewers. The crabs are almost always defending, and if you hit them with an attack, they will counterattack. So you got to hit them with magic, right? Magic takes time to cast. So I'm trying to cast my spell of magic. Well, there's blue goos in the area. They do a sleep bubbles. Oh, mid mid cast, I'm asleep. Okay, so I switch over to Tifa. I'm fighting a Saha again. He turns me into a goddamn frog. And then, uh, then all right, I'm on Barrett. All of a sudden, a, another Sahagan jumps down and does like a five-second knockdown on me. And then I get up, and another one jumps and knocks me down. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it seems like this place is designed to <laughs> make you not want to press any buttons. And so, really, I... I I deployed a strategy I called like diegetic pay to win, which is I 
went to the vending machine. I bought a ton of ethers and then I equipped, I have two of the first strike materials cause I mastered one of them. Right. And, uh, I put those on there. So I have, I start battles with ATB and I just had Tifa. She has the chain combo one and Barrett has fire as well. The most of these things are weak to fire. I started every fight with a chain Faraga, which takes like a third of my MP, but I just keep pouring ethers into everybody because traversing this area, I was like, I was so done. I was so ready to just like, I'm over this shit. Like, please let me Mm. just play the video game instead of like every, I feel like, I feel like Batman fighting the Joker. Like everything you do, there's this snickering asshole behind the other side of the screen. Like, (laughs) you know, like you tried to do that, but I did this. Ha ha. You know, like, and I was just like, I'm so done with this. I'm just going to hit. There's a lot of debuffs to contend with. Yeah. I think this is the greatest concentration of, of seriously disruptive debuffs in the game. And it came right off the back of doing Tonberry. (laughs) So I'm just like, what? What are you doing to me, Final Fantasy? I hate this. I'll have one last comment for the sewers as well. I hated it in my first playthrough because I got fucking lost. Now, I realize you chased the the shoat around that grabbed Leslie's quote-unquote key uh, mm. for part of it, but I got turned around and I'm, and I'm in those like aqueduct areas where you go down into the trough and up again, and I'm thinking maybe I'm missing something in there, but no. I, I was running around there for hours, hours hours of game time in my first playthrough but this time i it was very very smooth and so quite honestly nate i was bracing myself for another labyrinth mm-hmm. of an experience in the sewers but if you just pay attention and i so i assume also if you just play through it in one session so you have like the hip bone moment connects to the to the to the <laughs> thigh bone <laughs> Well, uh, I did. Then get you lo- get through it, and that was my case. I did get lost this time again. Did you? Be- oh, no. Because I still had to open the final Corneo door, right? Mm-hmm. And I got lost trying to refind that. And the map is utterly useless because, like, they break the sewers down into like nine sections. And so it's like they show you two hallways, and then there's a ladder, and there's a little area of this one goes up. And you can't like click on the up arrow to say it goes up to fucking where, (laughs) you know, like show me. And it made me really Mm -hmm. appreciate the like 22 year old Metroid Prime map where you actually could see all of those things in a three dimensional map of like Mm. you ascend here and you go there instead of like layering nine different JPEGs on top of each other without any indication of what connects to where. So I did get a, a bit turned around and I was just like, ugh. And of course, it couldn't have happened in a more agreeable set of enemies to get lost in. So yeah. Yes. Right, right. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Uh I, I'm I'm done Chorneo. Done with the Chorneos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we ascend the sewers and it's time for Leslie to fork over the tool that we're gonna use for no, he wanted to give us the key that, to grant us access to whatever it was. Well, mm-hmm. it's not a key, it turns out. Out of nowhere, he's got this huge brown bag, like the satchel, and he disperses grappling hook guns for the group. We're going to use it to scale this wall in this corner of wall market, and then from there, we're going to, I assume, we're going to f- climb the, the heap of rubble to get to the plate. Apparently, 
we're supposed to assume that Leslie knows that up this wall is how to get to the top. Mm. Yeah, I I kind of hate it. <laughs> I want the you know, the shiny golden wire of hope. I want that. Oh sure, the shiny golden wire of hope. Yeah, we we won't address that here because technically we haven't reached that point chapter wise uh, mm-hmm. in the R to OG relationship, but in uh, OG the the collapse of the plate just like tears down a like dangling section that you can traverse to get topside. You know, it's a little bit questionable on how that dangling piece of the plate arrives basically at the front door of the Shinra building. <laughs> I enjoyed that maybe a little bit more here, but you know, grappling hooks, I guess I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it too. They're like a new character in the game. They keep coming back. They keep people keep like pulling out a bag and there's a grappling hook and everybody has that like, Oh, moment, (laughs) you know, grappling hook. Oh my God. We're set loose again to do more questing. If we please, I've already completed it by now. And to complete the chapter, you say you're ready to climb the wall with the grappling hooks, which is what I do. They share a little heart to heart at the wall before they go up. This is when Barrett says the, Kind words about Cloud, where I, I I forget what the words are exactly. Maybe I'll drop them right here. But like Cloud, I I, I get you now. You you think you act like a kind of a hard ass, but but deep down, I, I I know I see you. Used to think you were a little shit with a big attitude and a bigger inferiority complex. Quite possibly the worst person I have ever met. But that was before I figured you out. All this, it ain't you. Mm-hmm. That's the sentiment I get, and I suppose Tifa concedes that that's a. A good point as well. Cloud's current personality that's being like de-onion, de-layered, that's kind of the the result you get of like when you have somebody who has the skills of a Zag, but none of the like experience or like grit or w- hard work done to gain it, <laughs> you know? So Cloud is kind of this like dejected sad boy, but he's also a badass and he's got this like hero syndrome. And so I think he really just needed to get out there, hit the streets and meet actual people instead of just being like a badass sad boy by his lonesome. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of the journey that our remake is taking you through. And I don't think that's the majority of the game of OG. Like Cloud kind of stays that way up until basically the end of disc one. Right. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're already kind of delayering that. And Barrett is acknowledging that like Barrett already sees like, all right, the, the stuck up, like, I don't know what you call him. Like arrogant soldier boy has been basically deconstructed at this point. Like not even narratively, but like right in front of our eyes as people in the game. Nate, let's climb the wall. I'm done. And then jump off of it. <laughs> They got grappling hooks, they got parachutes, they they got rocket skates, they got helicopter hands. That's a good one. Motorcycles that they are like basically skateboards. I can't even riff anymore. I'm tired. Yeah. Final thoughts? Uh, We'll see you in like a month. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Happy holidays, guys. And maybe we'll do a special episode. As always, thanks for listening, everybody. This episode has been a production of Gunblade Guys. That's us, Tyler and Nate.
think about liking us, subscribing to us, five-starring us, writing a review about us, and telling a fellow game liker about us too. If you love this show or kind of like this show, someone you know would probably just kind of like this show or love this show too. Join the conversation with fellow fans of the show on Discord. Catch us on Twitch and YouTube under the name Gunblade Guys and find a link to our Discord server in our podcast description paragraph. And if you feel like tipping us, you can do that too in that description as well. And for the love of God, don't email us at gunbladeguys at gmail.com. Right. Nate, what you got? I got nothing. I'm so empty. I'm on autopilot, so. We're tired. Let's go. Yeah, we'll see you around. And uh, we will eventually finish this. Probably not before rebirth. Now, as I look at the trajectory of our lives here, even if we like massacred the game, I still wouldn't think that you would get it all edited and put out of the main game. We're not even talking integrate or DLC, right? Yeah, we wouldn't, I agree. With we that. wouldn't even finish the main, even if we were like slamming it every week, we wouldn't finish the like editing production of it before rebirth comes out so i'm just gonna say you know hey it's gonna be an ongoing thing we we might get some we might be able to sprinkle a little bit of rebirth sauce on you there um towards the finale i'll be holding it back but also uh ever crisis is on steam and um maybe i'll get to that sephiroth campaign and we might put a little bit of that in somewhere too i'll just just a special little segment nothing too serious in one of our future episodes i'll try and do that excellent right all right well we completed one and a half chapters today i do feel accomplished we've only got four to go right plus integrated yeah okay let's get out of here good night ow It's just me and my three-year-old because nobody's watching the videos. They're just responding to thumbnails. So it's just a regular tabby. I don't even know if tabby's an actual type of cat. I think I just hear tabby cat. Is it? It's. I don't. I don't even care. Let's keep moving. As we leave, a freight door closes behind us, and we're attacked by a, and we're attacked by a gang of giant. No, they're not giant yet. I'm gonna start over. You know. Hey, you know, we're going to, I'll just say it, what, what, say it, it, my fucking voice. I almost said squall there because of squat and cloud. And the behemoth for, Yeah, maybe we'll be able to get together here. Otherwise, I mean, you've got some content in the pipe that you could yeah. uh, maybe, maybe get out to us if you like, if you felt like it. If your mouth stops clicking. Yeah maybe put uh would would it help to do something different than uh near something just put near your on a script is so done it's done though okay so it's so close right well i'll leave that up to you then yeah i have to think on that i definitely will not be in a position to make any content with what Mm. i'm bringing with me that's okay. So. We average like every quarter year, we average a three week break or so. And this is just the next one. It's not a big deal. Sure. All right. Let's get out of here. This has been a production of Gun.